Hello, and welcome to Be My Mentor, a real estate podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all things real estate. You see, when I first got my real estate license, I knew there was a lot to learn, and the best way I knew to learn was to ask a lot of questions. In every episode, we have conversations with professionals that are in the field every day, from home inspectors, agents, mortgage lenders, and even photographers. So whether you're a future home buyer, homeowner, or a real estate agent, you're going to walk away with something practical and actionable. I can't wait to learn with you on this journey. So much has changed in the past years when it comes to appraisals. In light of the last housing crash, the entire industry was overhauled and now provides more insight and accountability. That's why we brought in Dana Smith, who has been an appraiser for over 20 years. In this episode, we dive into step-by-step how appraisals work and how it affects the real estate transaction. For many new real estate agents, this episode will be very helpful. But even if you're an experienced agent, this interview with Dana will give you an inside look and help you serve your clients better. And as you'll find out, every appraiser has their own approach. So join me now and welcome Dana Smith. All right. Well, Dana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I've been, I'm a brand new realtor, so bringing on an appraiser is something I've been wanting to do because I have so many questions. Sure. Probably one of the toughest things as a realtor for me, just brand new, is how do I, how do I recommend what price to list my listings for when I get them? Sure. And... I had my, my very first listen, I reached out to so many people. Sure. And, you know, they're busy. They don't really get back to you. They don't really know, like, you know, unless it's their listing. It's, right. You know, they, they don't have as, as much of an interest in, in that. And even, you know, even kind of my support circle, it's it's a weird thing. It's And so many people have so many different opinions about a different price. But before we get into that, I just if you could just introduce yourself, where are you from, how did you get into appraising, um, just tell me a little bit about your story. Okay. Um, I've been appraising since 1999, so a little over 20 years, and I uh, was raised in Miami, Florida, so I lived there uh, for 40 plus years and moved to Hope Sound in 2013. Um, Prior to being an appraiser, I was working in the film and TV industry, making films and TV commercials. Um, I was what's called a script supervisor, so I kept track of, uh, you know, what we were shooting, you know, the sequence, what they were wearing. If it was a 30-second commercial, everything had to squish within 30 seconds. So anyway, I was doing that, and um, I loved it. It was like, that was like what I dreamed of doing my whole entire life. Um, But it just started getting kind of weird towards the end, and a girlfriend of mine was an appraiser, and she needed somebody to help her out on the side. So like in between, you know, commercials and movies, I was helping her do appraising, and I was like, oh, this is kind of (laughs) cool. You know, this is kind of cool. So I went ahead and got my license and, um, you know, just like started doing it. And then here I am 21 years later, I'm still doing it, you know. Um, It's been a really interesting career. I mean, you get to see all walks of life. Um, What, you know, every day is an adventure. 
you know, every day is an adventure. You never know what you're going to find or who you're going to meet. I've met so many interesting people. It's, it's really um, uh, a really interesting job. You know, I, I'm, a lot of appraisers aren't people, I mean, uh, people persons or people, you know, but I actually really enjoy meeting people and, you know, um, just, you know, you're walking through their house. It's a very personal thing. And, um, you know, it's just, it's really, it's fun. <laughs> so here I am. Awesome. How, how did, um, uh, uh, do you feel that what you loved about your, your film and video did that tie into appraising? Was there you know, a crossover? I, I think so, definitely. Um, there's a, a lot of creativity in it, actually. I think a lot of people, and, and there's, you know, there's so many different kinds of appraisers, too. Like, some are, like, box checkers, you know, like, and I'm, I'm a real, like, storyteller. I consider myself a storyteller because if you get in, uh, you know, you dig deep and to get the information, it all starts to tell a story. And, you know, some appraisers are like, I don't want another story. I just want to check a box. I don't want another story, you know. And I'm like, no, I, I want the story, mm -hmm. you know. So that part, yeah, it's it's creative and it's it's fresh. Every day it's something new, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah. Awesome. I, let's start with the process of appraisals. Just, I'm, let's just take one of my, uh, my listings. Not, not like real life, but just. Sure. Take me through the process of what you would do uh, with one of my listings. If my seller or buyer, whoever, was like, you know, need an appraiser, the bank need an appraiser, what does that process look like? Okay. Um, well, the first thing I do is I go to the tax rolls. If it's in Palm Beach County or Martin County or St. Lucie County, whatever county I'm doing it in, and I pull up the property card and I get the age of the home and I get the square footage of the home. And I look and see, okay, is it on the ocean? Is it on a lake? Is it backing a railroad track? Like, you know, you look at the aerial, you know, and you have to see, like, if it backs, if it's just in a regular residential neighborhood, then you're, then you're good, you know, you can, you know. But if it um, backs something different, you're going to have to pull comps that back the same thing. You follow what I'm saying? I do. So if it's on a railroad, you're going to have to find another house that's on the railroad. Or if it's on the ocean, of course, you want oceanfront, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I, I start the process. Um, and then I go into MLS, and I pull it up, and I look at the listing history, and I, I do like a big circle, or I go around, you know, I try to find the most similar and most recent sales that are close to the subject. Now, learning MLS is half the battle, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like the Palm Beach MLS is not that easy to learn. Like it took me, it was the RAPB. Or yeah, it, I mean, it took me. It was so different than the Miami one. It took me. I'm on Miami. Oh, you are. Yeah, I am. Okay. On, we have a we have an office out here, Jupiter JTHS. Okay. I'm one of the few in in the office that are on JTHS. Okay. But we do have that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's half the battle is, okay. is knowing your way around MLS. I think. And um, you want to find the closest and the most similar and the most recent. And if you can't find, you know, you want at least, th well, they say three, but three does not tell a story. I, I try to put in seven or eight comps in all my reports, you know, because the more data you have, the more you can, you know, expand on it. Um, and if you and if like first you make the circle tight, if you can't find enough, you make it a little bit wider. You look mm -hmm. again, make it a little bit wider until you get enough data to kind of come up with, um, you know, with, with an estimate of value. 
So I think, you know, one of the things that people don't realize, um, there's lots of different kinds of appraisals you can get done. If I'm doing uh, a, like an appraisal for you, I'm doing it for the bank. Mm -hmm. The bank is my client. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm doing it for the bank. I am the bank's eyes and ears. I'm not representing your client. A lot of people think it's their appraisal, but if you look on the appraisal form, the bank, like I'm the bank's eyes and ears, mm -hmm. okay? And depending on what lender you're with, um, you know, like back in the old days, I think banks, boy, I don't know how to say this without sounding bad, but some banks will respect an appraiser's opinion, you know, and they, and, and they want to know, and then some banks just want to make a loan go through no matter what. So, um, you know, and if, if you come in low or you do this or you do that, but if, if the buyer that I'm doing, or if the person that I'm doing the appraisal for goes belly up, they're gonna, the bank is gonna take my appraisal and shred it to pieces. So everything I, I do, I have to- Do they find another appraiser? What do they do? No, they, they can come back and sue me and take my license. So it's all about covering our rear ends. Mm. Follow what I'm saying? Like the okay. onus is on us. So I think you know that's why there's a lot of disparity between you know realtors and a lot of them hate appraisers. <laughs> you know they do. It's all right. Um, you know that's just the way it is. But um, I would say like an appraised value is you know like a conservative estimate too. And also like the appraisals that At I do. At least for the bank. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But in a market like the one that we're in right now, where there's no inventory, I mean, the bidding wars are going in, and, and you can't appraise a bidding war. You just can't, you know? So it's I want like, to talk Whoa! about that specifically a little bit later, because that's okay. really interesting to me, yeah. just the current market and how that yeah. works. So where do you go now? So you get, the, you get five, six, seven properties. What if one of those, okay, let's say it it's oceanfront, right? And uh -huh. you can only find two other comps on oceanfront that match. Do those have to match the same square footage no. and okay. rooms? No, 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 no. Okay, what um, you want to do in, a, in an appraisal is called bracketing. Bracketing is where you want one older, one newer, one bigger, one smaller. If you can find a bunch that are the same exact square footage, like if you're in a condo, your gold, you know, but but they don't want, like in an appraisal, yours can't be the biggest one without there being an even bigger one. Like it mm -hmm. has to be, everything has to be bracketed. Mm -hmm. The age, the size, you know, unless you, if you're in a condo and you have all of the same units, then you don't have to worry about any of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think there, and, and the age too, I think a lot of people when, you know, like one of the things that I, I find a lot of the, the real greenhorns in real estate, like just jump into this cost per square foot thing, you know, like right off the bat. And that does come into play, but it comes into play after you've cleared out, like, you know, you, you want the same age. Like, you know, it's not just about square footage. It, it's about age too. Mm -hmm. I have an example I'll use. Um, uh, you know, if you get the similar age, similar size and similar lot size and similar view, then you can go into it and do the cost per square foot thing, you know, but after you've narrowed it down, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that really only matters, cost per square footage really only matters if you've got 
a lot of similar properties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, yeah. And I'm, that's where okay. you have a lot of, maybe you're in a community that has a lot of the same models and a lot of the same, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I think one thing that a lot of real t- realtors skip is they're so focused on the square footage, you gotta look at the age too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in Miami, uh, I remember my my teacher, uh, Britt Rosen, who was my mentor. Um, we were like in Miami. There's a lot of these older houses that are built in 1925 that are beautiful. I mean, they're stunning. They're like old Spanish. They're like you know, like I was so excited when I got to appraise one of those. And um, the way he uh, the way he described it to me was like. You know, Dana, you got an 80-year-old woman, okay? She's had a bunch of facelifts, but she's still an 80-year-old woman, you know? You got to compare it to other 80-year-old houses, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just, I still remember that, and I still laugh about it, and I, you know, here I am 21 years later I mean, saying a hurricane comes through, and it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, you know, like, I mean, banks want everything to be matchy-matchy, you know, they want it, uh, they, they do want everything to fit into a box, and real estate just doesn't work like that. You know, there's people, there's reasons, um, you know, there's, there's stories. I think um, another tip I was thinking about uh, talking to you about when I got here was um, in Florida, the, the roof age is huge. Mm-hmm. It, it can make or break a, a sales price or a listing price by 20 grand, you know. So it's, it's not on the um, uniform uh, standard appraisal form that we have to use, the roof age, but I put it at the bottom. And I find if I can, you know, I get all the permit websites, I have links, you know, saved on my computer. And the really good realtors put the, the, uh, the the age of the roof in the MLS report, so I don't have to go hunting for it. Okay. But it's huge. I remember that. It's huge. And you put that in, and you start to be like, oh, no, this is kind of making sense. Like, you know, you got to get the story. And It seems like a really, like, this journey that you take (laughs) through each out. I can tell you love it. Yeah, well, you know. Or like it. (laughs) It's... Sometimes it's I fun. love it. Sometimes <laughs> I love it, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough industry. I mean, I don't, you know, they, you, you know. want everyone to be happy. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, everybody would be happy, but um, you know, I just the, try the to do my best. The pressure sort of on you, right? I try to do my best, but it's really I got to cover my rear end no uh-huh. matter what. I got to uh-huh. like, you know, like if that person died the next day and the bank had the property, would they be able to get what I appraised it for, you know, yeah. without all the, you know. <laughs> okay. So you've so. got seven or eight properties, you've, they, it's oceanfront, and what are the things that, how do you come to that value? Um, well, I'll do, okay, so another thing when my appraisal, okay, so what I do is I do the appraisal, I send it to an appraisal management company, which is mm-hmm. the, the middleman between me and the bank. Sometimes we do them directly for banks, but somebody's gonna review my appraisal, and they're gonna go into my MLS, and they're gonna see everything I'm looking at. And um, Is this sort of like a second opinion, or is this just picking up where you left off and finishing? Or? No, it, it, they do it to make sure that my report is bulletproof, and mm-hmm. that it's gonna, 
pass through the system because a lot of this stuff gets fed into a computer. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't fit in the computer, <laughs> like you're doing something wrong, like you didn't bracket the age or you didn't bracket the size or you didn't bracket this or you didn't bracket that. So you're that. collecting all of the data, all the important data points, and then the computer spits out a number? On the bank's end, On yes. On the bank's end, okay. So like... Um, like uh, sometimes I could be doing an appraisal in a neighborhood, and like I'm like, oh, okay, I'm 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 on a I'm on a roll here. I see where this is going. I see where this is going, but there's that one really weird comp over there, and like it, like your brain's like, go away, go away, you know, don't mess with me. But it's like, no, I need to find out why that comp is weird, you know. So I'll call the listing agent and be like, is there a story? And a lot of times there's a whole lot of stories. I mean, you get. Mm -hmm. But you better know why you didn't use that comp because the bank is going to ask you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, like a good example, like, like there was one um, that was sold really low, and I it was up in Port St. Lucie, and I guess the it was a a contractor, just like a one man show that bought an old house and he fixed it up. And um, he went on Zillow without using a realtor. He was trying to, you know, to sell it himself without paying the commission. And he sold it so low. And, and uh, you know, he just wanted to be done with it because he was running out of money and he needed to move to another house. And so, you know, like when you find, you're like, oh, you know, so like, I, I know why I'm not using that comp and I'm going to tell you why I'm not using that comp because that's the story. It's not in okay. with the rest of them. That's what I was... Uh, that's what I was wondering about, and I guess do some appraisers not go that in depth? Some don't. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. So I had a listing where it's a duplex, and the problem with duplexes is there are not a lot of comps. Yeah. And they're all over the place. Right, and and you're you're allowed to use those. I mean, you got to go as wide as you got to go. And back. I mean, and back in I had time. To go back in time. Yeah. But I saw one listing that was, and this is where probably the story comes in, because I'm, as I put up, as I put up the property, I'm also seeing comps come in, you know, a week or two later after I've already priced it at a certain price. Yeah. And now they're coming in, you know, one or two were on the market, and now they're finally, you know, getting closed, or they're, there's an, or they're pending. We don't even know. Quick question. Do you guys even look at, you guys wouldn't look at pending or anything oh, like no, that? Oh, no, we look at pending. you do look at pending. Sure. Do you look at what's on the market as well? Yeah. We, okay. Active pending, contingent, closed, you know. Because I know in comps, when I'm looking for a comp, they encourage you to look mostly at sold. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you have to have minimum of three solds in, in an appraisal. Minimum. Okay. And the more you have, the better, the more it makes sense, hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. Because... You know, I'm seeing comps that, let's just pull some numbers out of, you know, let's say that I see a comp for 350 and then I'll see another one for 275 mm -hmm. And there's a few differences, but they're duplexes. Mm -hmm. And, but one looks like it was on the market for one day and it went under contract right away. So to me, in my mind, I guess I could call them, but to me, I'm saying, okay. Was that the lower one or the higher the one? The lower one. Yeah. So, I mean, in my mind, an investor just stepped duplexes. in, you know, picked it up for 250 Yeah. And for some reason, it went to the market because maybe 
the realtor was there, found a pocket deal and had to go to market with it for whatever reason, just to show that it was on the market. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, what does that do to my, my comp, you know, my, my comp? If, if, if you start getting the stories, I think you'll see that it'll, that it can start making sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and look at the location. Was it near a railroad? Was it in a different neighborhood? You know, that's not as nice. Was it updated? How old was the roof? Mm-hmm. Um, and are you trying to get to the list price or do you even look at the list price? No, I look at the list price and, um, you know, if, if it's with, you know, I, I mean, of course, I mean, I, you know, if it's, if it's within a reasonable range, sure. You know, and sometimes you don't even know until you like, you know, it's not like I can predetermine anything mm-hmm. until I have all my data, you know, like I don't like killing deals, but I've killed plenty. <laughs> I've made a lot of enemies too. Like, you know, it's uh, like, like Linda's like, oh, I hope you can do an appraisal for me. And I'm like, no, you don't want me to do an appraisal for you. You're my we, friend. Yeah, you we know? still want to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so anyway. Um, so you get all the numbers, you send it to the middleman, mm-hmm. which is what, what? The appraisal management company. The appraisal management company. So, so what happened? Um, Back in the last meltdown in 2006-2008, they sent out, well, we all know what happened. I mean, uh, the banks were doing all this crazy stuff. Um, And they sent out a survey to appraisers asking if appraisers ever had pressure put on them to hit values. And it came back like a whopping 92% of appraisers said yes. So... You know, in Miami, it was true. I mean, I had realtors say, you got to hit this number or I'm never going to give you uh, another deal. And you, you used to be able to pick your appraiser. You know, like if you knew me, you'd be like, hey, Dana, you know, come do this for me. Okay, Brandon, I'll do it. You know, it doesn't work like that anymore. Um, you know, a, a lot of pressure. Does the bank choose the appraiser now? Mostly? The bank chooses the appraiser. And it used to be different? Yeah. You, anybody right. could choose their own appraiser. Like it was like you had clients, like anybody... My neighbor, my best friend, my brother, my boss, anybody, you know, like they could say, hey, do an appraisal for me. So you had to shift your networking to bankers. To the AMC, the appraisal management company. Okay, AMCs, okay. And they take a huge chunk of our fee, by the way. All that stuff that you see on your HUD statement that, you know, like what they pay the appraiser, that is not what we're getting. We are getting a fraction of that. They take a lot of our, a lot of our money. So, you know, the, the appraisal profession as a whole is shrinking the average age is like between 55 and 60. There's not a lot of newcomers coming in because there's no benefits, it's crazy hours, there's crazy pressure, um, and the money's not that good. Like you're really not gonna be, be rich, you know, ever get rich appraising, but you can make a decent living. And most of all, you have, you know, your own schedule, which is mm-hmm. what makes it worth it for me, so. So you can be flexible in your yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like I like my my time. I like managing it. You know, if I got to go to the doctors or go do this or go do that, I don't need to ask. You know, or if I want to okay. do an exercise class in the afternoon, I can. You know, just got to work another hour. But um, you know, if I could tell you anything, it's it's really about learning MLS and mm-hmm. and getting the stories. You okay. know. And roofs. And roof. I'm gonna big. remember that. It's big. So that's just know the age of your roof. Yeah. What's well? Let's talk about that just for a minute. 
tell me about roofs. Like, what's too old? What's a good... Well, the way they have it, you know, the way the whole insurance thing is set up, they want a roof that is less than 20. If it's 20 years old, it's starting to reach the end of its economic life, and they're going to want you to get a new roof. Does that apply to all roof types? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. I, I often stay up at night trying to think, because there's some people that are like, well, I just bought this new 30-year whatever roof. And I'm like, really? What's it going to look like in 20 years? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, but the, the standard is just the 20 year insurance rule. So, you know. <laughs> so I was thinking about, you know, is it if it's a metal roof or if it's, Asphalt in my mind, shingle. metal roof seems like it would last forever. Right. But uh, is there a lifespan on those as well? Um, I'm sure there is. And, you know, I, I just put the roof age at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I don't, you I don't, don't really adjust. The quality. You just let, yeah. you let whoever above you say, oh, it's 20 years, and they determine from there. Yeah. Okay. So I have another, another thing I want to throw in there, because sure. um, I think you might be asking this, and this might help you understand what we do. Okay. Um, a lot of people, like the, the question appraisers get all the time is like, how much does a pool cost? How much does a pool worth? And a pool is worth, like you're only as good as your comps. You're only as good as your comps. So a pool, I, I find that pools have the highest value in neighborhoods where there's lots of kids, like where mm-hmm. there's a, a good school district or like young families. You know, they have pools, the kids love pools. They're going to pay more money than a 55 plus community. Mm. Like even like if there's a pool at the end, like, you know, they're in a gated community and there's a clubhouse at the end of the street, is their pool in their backyard really going to be worth you know, like what it would be in a neighborhood with kids. Um, So there's no, like, you know, appraisers have to pull the adjustments from the market data that we have. So it's never, you're only as good as as the comps, if that makes sense. Okay, so let's go into, I I have sort of a real life example. There's a home that is in a condo townhome area so pulling comps could be relatively easy because all of the footprints are relatively the same Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm seeing okay let's just pull some numbers out so let's say everything is selling for 250 most of them are listed anywhere from like 245 to 250 that's where all of them are kind of sitting but I'm getting on there and I'm looking at all the pictures on the other listings I'm looking at everything and the floors are updated, but the kitchens are original, the bathrooms are original. They're in good shape, but they're original. Mm-hmm. And then I have my property that has, you know, granite countertops, the cabinets are updated, both bathrooms are in excellent condition. Everything looks good. So I'm going to come in. The, so the owners have put in like 30 grand into their home. Okay. I'm going to go in and I'm okay. Okay, we might not be able to get 30 over what everyone else is asking, but maybe we can get 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. So I list it for 15 or 20. As an appraiser, when you go into that, how do you look at that if you can't find any other comps that have sold for that high, but I can't find any homes that have had that level of upgrades done to them in that community? Uh, so so that could be called an over-improvement. Mm-hmm. It might be called an over-improvement. Okay. And I've had that happen before where people go into like... 
uh, a neighborhood and they just, oh, they, they put so much money into mm -hmm. it and nothing in that neighborhood supports the sales price. Mm -hmm. It's crushing. It, uh, 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 it happens. It's called an over-improvement. Is there but, any room? Oh, yeah. There's room. Yeah. I mean, if you can find something. Okay, so. Even if it's not in that neighborhood, you could maybe find another townhome or do you? You, you try to keep it in that neighborhood, but, you know, it, each situation is unique. You know, you have to sort of look at it. You want to keep it in that neighborhood. It, maybe you could go back in time, go back a year or go back in two years mm -hmm. or go back and be, you know, two years and be like, hey, this is the highest, you know, one. So somebody paid a lot of money two years ago. Um, so this neighborhood might, you know, support a value there, you know. Mm -hmm. Like the bracketing the high end, again, comes that word of bracketing. Like banks do not want to be the most expensive house in the neighborhood. Okay. Mm -hmm. they, want it. They, want, they want to be the middle of the road. That's what, that's what they want, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of a thing where you don't really know until you get it appraised. It's a wild card. I mean, I tell everybody, mm -hmm. like, an appraisal is just a total wild card. You don't know who you're going to get. Um, a lot of these appraisal management companies are looking for the cheapest and the fastest mm -hmm. appraiser, not necessarily the best appraiser. Mm -hmm. So, so they just want fast, 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 cheap, 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 because the more cheaper they get, the more money the AMCs get, and I'm sure the banks are getting a kickback somehow, but we can't prove it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they just want fast and cheap. Um, uh, and, and there's a lot of, you know, like, you know, we're like federally regu regulated, so there's a lot of rules that we have to follow. And, you know, when you get that appraisal, there's so many pages, you know, and like most of it is, is fluff, you know. Mm -hmm. The part that you really need to look at is the page with the grid, you know. Um, there's usually a couple pages of grid and, and look for the explanation of what the, what the uh, appraiser is saying about the comps, you know. That's really the part you got to focus on and learn like what the condition ratings are. Like they sort of make it complicated. Like C1 is for brand new construction. Mm -hmm. C2 is if everything is almost new. Um, and then C3 is just, you know, maybe average with granite, you know, kitchen and maybe new floors. And C4 is original. So like learn the, um, the categories. Okay. Yeah. So if you, on this property, if you have, let's say it's the best rating that you can get it. Okay. Which is a C. A C1 means new construction. So right below that. C2. renovated. C2. So C2. Yeah. And then all of your others are like C3s. You got to find a C2. In an appraisal, you mm. need to bracket. It's, you got to okay. find it somewhere. You got to pull it out of somewhere. Okay. Got to have it. All right. So then that brings me to another question that sort of brings us to this market and how competitive it is because <laughs> not only are you getting higher ask prices for things yeah. than you normally would but it's sort of this overall question that I have is like what actually drives an increase in market then inventory supply and demand okay yeah so I get that because we have low inventory now yes but if let's see if I can ask this right so if an appraiser is always going off of whatever the highest comp is, how does that highest comp get there? Like if, if the appraiser for that one couldn't get to that point, because in other words, yeah. are, 
Are appraisals always driven by cash deals or deals that have nothing to do with the bank since they don't have to have an appraisal to, to pass? Or do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, what actually drives it? I know I understand supply and demand does, but if if right now demand is saying or supply is saying, hey, prices are high because inventory is low. So we're going to price this 15 grand but your appraiser can't find it, so they pony up the extra cash to make up for it. Yeah. Is that the only way that it drives prices up? Pretty much. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm a realtor too, as you mm. know. I'm a, an appraiser and a realtor, and I, they are two completely different mindsets. An appraisal is it's about covering my rear end, mm -hmm. and it's not always... It, an appraisal is what you can prove, mm -hmm. and in a market like this, it's what you can get. Follow what I'm saying? An appraisal okay. is what you can prove on paper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with little inventory, I mean, just the prices, you know, people are coming down here from New York, they're paying crazy money. So you gotta just, you know, start high and go low, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's two different headsets, it's two different mindsets, and they might have to pay cash above and beyond. Um, but the comps are the comps, you know, like it, if it's closed and it was cash, I mean, I use whatever, whether it's cash or conventional, it doesn't matter to me, you know. Um, but you would say that conventional or FHA would never drive up a market's value because, oh, or no, it would be hard to, right? They, they do. I mean, you know, like little by little, you know, it, it, it like, you know, it just, it just has, has a, to be little smaller steps, like a few thousand steps. here and a few thousand That's there. a good way to say okay. it. Smaller steps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, another thing, too, um, you know, with the advent of Zillow and a lot of people trying to sell things on their own, it's good to look in tax rules because not everything is on MLS anymore, mm. you know. So a lot of times, like, if I'm, you know, I find a lot of information on tax rules that, are, that is not on MLS. It's a good way to find comps. So if they sold it by owner, mm -hmm. then, okay. Because mm -hmm. I know... Someone, a, a Facebook acquaintance of mine, he just shook on a hand deal of like a house for like two ninety four, but it's worth probably four hundred. But he just wants out, right? And we're gonna start seeing that a lot with the short sales and stuff. I think that's the inventory is gonna start to pick up. It's no fun. five or six months. Mm, I'm thinking with within a year. Like next summer. That's yeah. what I feel. I feel especially... It's not going to happen that quick. Especially with all of the, yeah, with all the forbearances and uh -huh. the people who aren't able to, to catch up, which is sad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could cry right now. It's just so much. I just, man, I just, I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I have a... That's a lot of bad stories you yeah have to i don't know to. if i have the wherewithal to uh just to be in like to go through this again it just it took a, mm -hmm. a lot out of all of us last time you know mm -hmm. and i think um you know another thing about appraisers is like it, we're a really it's a really cool group of people i mean they're really neat people um and if you're still standing i think you know after being at 20 years like if you are still appraising today and you appraise in 06 08 You've like learned your, you've earned your, your badge, you know, mm -hmm. like they cleaned out a lot of bad appraisers back then too. So. And you understand, hopefully the real estate, it feels like the real estate industry is stronger going through this because 
Not only because it's it's unique in that inventory is low, so it actually is good for realtors right now. Not all realtors. You can only have so many realtors if you don't have very many properties to sell. Right. But it does seem that, you know, maybe some of these other realtors have learned the lessons back then and hopefully the industry as a whole is stronger going through whatever's gonna happen in the next year. I or two. hope so. It's yeah, nice me too, because yeah. you know, who knows what's gonna happen you know, how is the government gonna prop up whatever is lagging with rentals and you know, all of that's going to be... In my opinion, the banks need to pony up. The banks need to pony up because they mm -hmm. slayed everybody last time. And I still have a, a bad taste in my mouth from that. And, um, you know, they, they're going to need to pony up. They can't, they can't, you know. They can't keep t taking advantage of the bailouts and the, yeah. the government money. And I just, you know, everybody needs their home, families, and, you know, with COVID and just everything and it's just you know it's a scary world out there right now uh -huh. For um sure. God, what else? i was gonna say something i'm trying to remember what i was gonna say um so i think you know like from a real estate perspective okay so as a realtor if you are listing a house for somebody your client is is you know, like you have to go to, go to bat for them, mm -hmm. like no matter what, like they're the one that you're looking at for the best interest. So in a market like this, if you know they're in a really hot market, you know, say this is what it could appraise at. So I want you to have a realistic expectation. If we have to get an appraisal, this is what it might look like. But looking at everything else, you know, we might be, if we get a cash buyer, we could go up here, but, but give them the, you know, kind of like, a realistic expectation that if it gets appraised, it might look something like this. So but we're gonna still, shoot for this, and then would it make sense for you to get an appraisal before listing, or no? Some do. Like some, uh, I do a lot of uh, private appraisals are are another thing. Um, you know, I do bank appraisals, I do private appraisals. Like if if somebody passes away, um, I'll do an estate appraisal. They need it for tax purposes. That's actually my favorite kind of my favorite kind of work is doing it for estate work. Um, and then I have realtors that are like, I got the hardest, weirdest, one of a kind. Like I don't know, can you help me? Um, and I'll do an appraisal for them. Um, or like you know, a lot of sellers are really stubborn. They think their house is worth like all this and it's not and the a realtor will come to me and you know be like can you do an appraisal because my seller needs a reality check so mm. you know that's what we're there for so you know we do private appraisals too okay okay when you're this goes back a little bit to the process but when you're looking at the appraisals uh, the comps when you're looking at the comps are you yeah. you know you're going to the mls are you looking at the photos or just numbers are you looking at oh. are you driving by the properties oh we have to drive doing? by the properties yeah we have to you have to drive by all the comps yes okay yeah um, are you walking the property or are you just you know looking I, at it oh no i don't walk it i mean half the time you know like now it's even sure getting it's scarier people come out with guns you know and they'll be like what are you taking a picture of my house for and we're all like being like you know it's getting a little scary out there for us to be driving by and you know like people just don't like that um so i don't know that might change in the future but um back to your townhouse thing mm -hmm. that we're talking about so townhouses are weird like they could either be single family townhouses or they could be condo townhouses i 
I think this is a single family. Okay, so make sure you're comparing it to single family townhouses and not condo townhouses. Okay. Because that could be a big difference in, in values. And some communities around here have both. Okay. And a lot of people don't understand that. Why the diff? Like, what does it mean? Well, so a single family is like, you know, you, you own the whole thing and, and there's like a lot typically mm -hmm. with it. You own the land. Yeah, it, you have to look, look at the um, legal description. Okay. So um, a townhouse, single family is going to have lot in block or just lot, you know, lot, mm -hmm. whatever. A condo is going to have unit, blah, 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 interest in condo, blah, 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 you know. And so you're kind of like in a group mm -hmm. with the condos. Like it's just a different, it, it could be a big difference in values. Townhouses is one of those ones that could go either way. Okay. So just double check. Okay. If you have any questions, you're always welcome yeah, to call me. Yeah, I might. <laughs> you know, I just want to price it right for my, you know, we don't want it to sit on the market forever, but, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to also be surprised at the end of the day because, I mean, their place does look nicer than anything I've seen on the market, but I don't know if that matters, <laughs> you know? In this market, I say it does, man. Just shoot for the stars yeah. and hope you don't need an appraisal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in this also uh, in this market, for a, it, it's a fifty-five plus townhome. So I would also assume that these kind of people have are going to have some sort of money. It's going to be their second home. It's going to be their. And if you're in a fifty-five plus, you got to find comps that are in a fifty-five plus on the outside okay. too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good yeah. To know. Um. Let's see here. We actually talked about the market and the demand. Tell me, I mean, I think I know, but what is the difference between doing like a comparative analysis, a comp analysis on the realtor side versus what you do? That's a really good question. Um, okay. So realtors are allowed to do CMAs and good realtors can do them well. Um, I've seen some CMAs by realtors and they're just absolutely horrible. Um, what we do is, is like we, we are federally regulated, so we have to really watch our P's and Q's. It's a, it's a deeper analysis, you know? Um, I mean, our feet are going to be held to the fire. With it, you know, with the realtor CMA, it can be like, <laughs> like, oh, oops, made a mistake, sorry, you know, and nobody's gonna you can do just whatever. Adjust. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, um, but it is—it's the same idea in theory, you know, in theory. So if you get if you get a good realtor, they're gonna do a good CMA. So since you do both, mm -hmm. how would you approach the same property for both purposes? I mean, I already know how you'd approach the. The appraisal. Well, I can't appraise my own properties like that. Doesn't happen. I don't. So I don't, we know I that would never happen. But just for just for like yeah. the conversation, how would you approach different those two different things? Um, well, as an appraiser, you know, it's all about covering my rear end. Mm -hmm. um, and as a realtor, if my client, if it's their house and if there's a little inventory, I'm going to do what's best for my client. Mm -hmm. You know, try to get them. The best price. Yeah, the highest they can. The yeah. They can. Yeah. And okay. to, but let them know that this is what the appraisal might look like because there's no inventory. We're going to shoot for this and see what happens. Mm -hmm. that's, I would say that's the advantage of that. 
you know, being an appraiser and being that, because then you can you yeah, have that reality check. I get my two sides, like, argue with each other all the time. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a new realtor, what would you recommend I do in order to become better at those comparative? I, I don't want to be one of those realtors who have really bad CMAs. <laughs> uh, it, it just comes with practice, really. Mm-hmm. It just comes with practice. And, and, you know, and call and like put your, you know, your CSI hat on and think of it as like almost like a forensic, like, you know, get the stories. That's one thing that Linda Smith does. I mean, that girl is like a walking storyteller. I mean, that girl knows stories. She's good at it, Uh you know. It comes naturally to her. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, realtors that have that skill, you know, it, uh, it helps to make sense. Of, of and set the expectations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about all of these softwares that automate values? You know, you have Zillow, and then you've got like the Zestimate, and then you have an RPR. You have this. What do they call it? They call it the. the I know AV, there's so many. The, the AV. It's an AVM that they come up with. If I had a client, I would pull pull all of them. And just, you know, pull them all and then do your analysis. Um, you know, show them everything, you know. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, faith in them, but I will say that they are getting better at it. Mm-hmm. They are getting better at it. So look at it and, and you know, but do your own research that is going to cover your rear end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but look at all this. Like, they're all tools. You know, they're all tools. Because they can only look at numbers and put it into a formula. Yeah, that so there is no story. story, right? And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. So you could probably you could never trust it completely for anything official that you're doing. It just puts you in a weird position if it does it's valuing it way higher or way lower than it. If it's lower, it's great because you can come in and say, "Oh, look, they did right. a bad job." But right, you know, if it comes in way too high, then you have to set those expectations there there was a story about I think it was some lady I want to say she lived maybe in Washington DC and she was trying to sell her house and um, the Zillow had it so low that people were like oh you're crazy you know you can't get that so she sued Zillow because I mean like it Zillow did not have it priced at the I think Zillow got hit with a lawsuit I think she might have won she sued him because they were people were looking at Zillow so much but I heard, I don't know if this is true, that Zillow might be hiring their own appraisers. I don't know. But I don't know. Huh. I can't imagine how I mean, many properties they... I mean, they're trying to get in every, in every nook and cranny of it, I, so I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think, you know, I hate to say it, but I do think that the future of real estate is going to lie within the AI, within the artificial intelligence stuff. Mm-hmm. So we just have to, you know, but the human hand is always needed. Mm-hmm. It really is. You just is. have to adapt. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you did from 2008, you adapt to those different methods and probably just more middlemen in the middle. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. Or I think they're trying to get rid of the middlemen, right? Like they're trying to get rid of... I mean, that's anyway. always best for the client and best for... Just because you, you know, you don't always... Sometimes you need a middleman, but not all the time. You yeah. Know? Do you... What... Can, can you explain the difference between what your appraisal is and what's like what the tax assessors have on file, oh, like on yeah. the tax rolls. Oh, that's an easy one. Okay, so uh, right now you could pull a tax roll up and it's going to have a value like 2019. Some of them might already be rolling over to 2020, but 
if you're looking at a tax roll that was, you know, taxes 2019, that is what your house was valued as of January 1st of 2019. So therefore the comps are from 2018. Okay. So it's always like one year in arrears. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of confusing. I used to do a lot of tax appeals when I was in Miami. Um, but you want your tax, you want your taxes to be low because mm-hmm. you're paying on it on it so it's vi- people it has nothing to do with current values at all don't look at it like that so like 2019 taxes your value as of january 1st like what we're in what september 2020 and you know some of the taxes uh are still say 2019 so i mean this is like so 2018 some of the comps are like two Two years old. How already. do they come up with their comps? How does a county do that? They that they have their own way of doing it. It's called mass appraisal. So they have their own algorithms and their own way that they do all that. It's okay. a whole different animal. And it's only for tax purposes, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. That 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 answers that question. What what are the I think you talked about this a little bit, but what are the main things that can hurt your appraisal? And do you look at things like things like appliances or windows or stuff like that? Um, well, I don't know what you mean by hurt your appraisal, but... Well, maybe a better question. I mean, that is kind of what I'm looking for. But maybe a better question is to say, um, maybe what are the things that can improve the value of your home or undervalue the okay. value of your home? Um, and not over improve your home. And not over improve your home. So, so you gotta look at it. You're only as good as the comps in your neighborhood. You know, okay. I mean, like, look at what's going on in there. I think that's your best. Um, you know, your best. Uh, the best advice I could give you. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're like over on Jupiter Islands, you know, um, I mean, it, you know, it's like nice, and it, you know, it's its own little market over there. Um, uh, I mean, you're not going to get dollar for dollar what you put into a home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like new appliances are great, you know, but I don't adjust for new appliances versus old appliances. The market isn't that sensitive enough for me to pull that data out. Like I got to be able to read what the market is telling me. Like when you have all your comps lined up, you know. What about hurricane windows versus not hurricane windows. You know, sometimes it's very clear that there's a value for that, but sometimes you can't prove it. Oh, it sucks, I know. Because I think everybody, I, I can't, if I pull a number out of the air and I put it on my appraisal report, they're going to, if the state comes to look at it or if I get busted by the appraisal police, where'd you get that number? Oh, you know, like I got to be able to prove it. I gotta mm. be able to prove where I pulled that adjustment out of. It's it's weird. If we're doing it for banks. It's not like it's common sense. Sometimes common sense is not always common sense. I guess you know. I don't know if that makes sense. So it sounds like things that have. I mean, to me, windows have such a long lifespan of value. Oh, and impact windows are huge. Right. I mean, it seems Hurricane like it would make country. a lot of sense that that would affect your appraisal. Yeah. But. It sounds like it's even bigger than that. It's, you know, your your roof, your structural, you know, 
What about like wood frame for a CVS? How I knew that, that question was coming. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, like sometimes it's really obvious that there's a big difference between wood frame and concrete block. When I got all my, all my comps lined up, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is really like, in some neighborhoods you can see it and in other neighborhoods you don't. Like there is no, you know, like in the, they just want the location. They don't care if it's wood frame or CVS. Um, you know, and some buyers won't even look at wood frame. So it just depends on where you are. It's not one of those consistent things. So it's not something you can really assign a lot of value to in your appraisal? Um, it, or it, it depends it, on the neighborhood that you I have in. to. I have to let the comps do the... Oh, oh, I just dropped my mic. Um, You're good. You have to let the comps do... You have to let the let comps do the, the talking. Hold on. Okay. I'll just look at this so I can make... Oh, I did too. <laughs> I'll just look at my time code. Make sure that I can... 55 minutes. All right, we're good. So it's basically the neighborhood... You got to let the, the comps. comps do the talking. Okay. Yeah. So it's easy to put, it would be easy for me to put my opinion in those, but you just let, you just let the, well, whatever opinion, the comps say. Yeah. You know, but, but if you're working for your client, like it should, it should be, you know, like I, I would love to give all the houses an impact window adjustment because I really do believe it has value, but I have to, I just have to be able to prove it. I have to be able to prove it. Like it would be nice if they, well, wouldn't like a permit or something prove it? Or do you guys not, you know, for new windows or is that how you prove things or no? Oh, no, no, no. I, no, I mean, I mean, prove an adjustment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. But I mean, most of the, I, I, like most of the time I do give value for windows, but it's not. Enough. Consistent. To, okay. Like, like if you're, okay, so we'll go back to this other appraisal I did a couple years ago. It was horrible. Only because these people were so nice and I knew the realtor and everything. And it was this house in this not real fancy neighborhood. And man, they put so much money into it. The new roof, the impact, the granite. It was gorgeous. But not one other house had impact. Not one other house. I want to say it was even in a 55 plus. Not one other house had granite kitchen. You know, like there was nothing like it. And it came in low. And... I just felt bad, but you know, that's called an over improvement. I, th I think it would be easy to over improve, especially in a, um, in a townhome situation because you have so many comps that are similar. Mm -hmm. If you over improve in a community that are single family homes, maybe you have more flexibility because there, there's a little bit more difference in all of the different homes. Yeah, right. It's right. easier to find a comp that could be closer. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's that's good to know. I I live in a in a condo association now, and I could see where you could over improve. But the the good thing about condos in my development is that there are investor there are investor um, investors who buy those condos. So a really weird thing because I live in the condo, I try to keep track of what sells in my neighborhood. Sure. So this has happened about a year ago. Every, we bought ours for like 140 mm -hmm. and you know the value had arisen up to maybe 160 over a year or two and now they're up to like 180 
But what brought it up to 180 was there's this one condo. And I don't Wait, know how one they sale did it. or one, one condo? One sale. Uh-huh. One sale. And I don't know how they got this amount of money. It was like a bottom floor, which in my opinion is a lesser value, but I guess for your your older generation yeah. they value Or the if you have a floor. dog, now you want to be on the first floor. Yeah. So it was completely renovated. It looked nice, but I think it was maybe even a smaller square footage than ours. I, I don't know. It sold for 190. And I was like, what in the world? The rogue like, comp. And it was like a year ago. And I after, Call and ask. Well, so I, I looked about a month. Like it went, it went up for rent almost immediately. So okay, so like, it was an investor. Oh, okay. so it was an investor because so he knew investor. he would get an ROI, right? My guess is it was an investor out of state Uh huh. who doesn't know the neighborhood, Right. doesn't know any better. Right. Because that's that the only thing I can think lot. of. That happens a lot. And I was like, well, thank you, because now mine is now worth <laughs> and, 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 this much. And that's what happens. One sale can be like, woo, it just starts the upward trend, you know? So I'm thankful, but at the same time, I was like, wow. like, And it's not even a one that I didn't even think it looked that nice. I mean, it looked nice. Yeah. But to me, I was like, I just, it the wasn't my cup of tea at all. very dynamic, very uh-huh. dynamic, you know? And so I'm glad now, because... Another now, no one has ever been able to get that much out of another one. Oh, okay. But there have been one. There's one that went for one eighty two five and one eighty five. So they're coming in right around one eighty five. Okay. So we pulled it up from a full, and now these are fully renovated. Mm-hmm. You know, because in a condo association, it's very at least with that one comp. What it did is it it showed almost an exact value of whether it was improved or not improved. Okay. So if it's not improved, it's worth 160 to 165. Yeah, if it go. is improved, it's 180 to 185. That's and just And you boom. can be an appraiser. So that's in my in only in my condo association. <laughs> but so, so there you go. I mean there you you got it right there. You just did a little mini appraisal in your head. Yeah. And so <laughs> if we go to sell, not only that, our our condo, we're one of the few. We're, we're like one of five that was grandfathered in to have the solid wood on the top floor, mm-hmm. which is very hard to do now because it's like they, they, they don't allow it anymore because there's so many problems with it. Because it's noisy or something? Because the noise, or... people walking on the floor, and you yeah. had to get an underlayment of like this. The underlayment costs more than the floor itself. <laughs> so... And probably because of people like me, they stopped it because I, I raised all kinds of noise about it because I was like, uh, I understand. I don't want to disturb anyone underneath. Sure. But they would only let you get a specific brand. All it is is recycled rubber. That's all it is. Yeah. And they'd only let you get, you know, a very certain thickness, even though the diminishing return on that thickness, you could go two millimeters less, save a thousand bucks and it has the same amount of effect as the thicker one does, or very, very close. So anyways, so somehow we got grandfathered in, and that to me has value. Now, will an appraiser wouldn't see that necessarily. Right. We wouldn't really do the underlayments of the thing, no. Not the underlayment, no, but you All that maybe would see the... Uh, you would maybe see the fact that we have hardwood or whatever, this laminate stuff, all through the, the thing. And no other place can have that up on top. But see, that's that's probably a, neither here nor there. That's going to be an item that 
helps the sale go through, but doesn't, as far as the buyer wanting it, Yeah. you know, it's yeah. not going to get my appraisal any higher necessarily, but the yeah. overall improvement I think would, you know, the new kitchen, the new, you know, sure. we scraped all the popcorn off the ceiling, which probably doesn't matter in appraisal, but a lot of people like it. So it helps the sale, mm -hmm. you know, a lot. Sure. But yeah, so in my own neighborhood, I, I know my comps pretty well and I know what we would probably try to sell it for if we went in and sold it for because we can go any we can go all the way up to 190 for sure and because we sell a couple for 199 none of them have sold for 199 okay one went under contract but I haven't seen it it was under contract for like two months I don't know what the probably deal having was. a hard time with the appraisal probably you know at what they offered so you know if they maybe come down or to, it could be some other reason you don't you never know. yeah I think there might have been it's weird when you live in your neighborhood you start to get like all the random gossip and the little things and the story i think there was like a not a permitting issue but a there might have been issue. an issue where they all have big porches on the front and they had not enclosed it but they had put one of those more glass not glass but like plexiglass yeah, thing sure. enclosed they sort of enclosed it yeah and they may have added more square footage you because of that. You can't do that. You can't do that. That might have been the problem. I don't okay. know. Something fishy happened from uh, what I heard from one of the landlords. Okay, this brings up another thing, too. Um, when I go into the tax rolls and I'm pulling, you know, like I'm looking at my subject property, I always print the footprint of the house, mm -hmm. you know, and I sort of use that as my sketch when I'm, you know, going through the house, like kitchen's here, bedroom's here, da 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 da. Um, if you see additional square footage that's not on there, it usually means that it's not permitted mm -hmm. and you could have an issue. How far back? Because I, I have... That happens a lot. How far back? Because there's this one, there's this one home that had something like that. There was an addition to the back of it and, um, you know, couldn't find permits on it, but years ago like two or three owners ago is when this happened and <laughs> so not only that but i ain't several... gonna touch that no I, 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 I cannot give value to an area that's, that's not that's permitted. fine that's fine but i'm just I'm, but I'm, yeah to tell the story so i guess years people ago, are like i bought it that way multiple, i bought it that way i guess multiple places in that same community had done it mm -hmm. I don't know 20 years ago 15 uh -huh. years ago mm -hmm. so there's a lot of them in there that have done it right and even on the I know MLS you're talking about are you talking the, about Port St. Lucie that no, little golf no, okay okay no I'll tell you later okay um but even on the MLS it shows that as a bedroom and a you know whatever so anyway so I guess for an appraisal that would be a challenge but they like I think the previous owners had actually gotten appraisal. Now maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't get that counted as part of their appraisal. Maybe that, you know, brought it in differently. Well, um, okay, okay. Well, I have two things to say about that. Um, a lot of people, like you know, when I see the unpermitted square footage, they're like, "Well, I bought it like that." Well, if you bought it like before '06 and '08, you know, like when when because like. All kinds of crazy stuff was happening before 06. Uh -huh. All kinds of stuff was flying. I'm pretty sure flying. it happened before 06. Yeah. But. And, um, you know, now, I mean, we are looked at with a fine tooth comb. You know, like mm -hmm. you cannot get away with that anymore. Um, 
if I was appraising that house right now, I would tell the bank the loan's probably not going to go through. Um, if there's a huge unpermitted area um, that's been added on without permits, I mean, you know, a bank's going to be like, no way. Like, they don't want to lend money on that. Um, another thing, too, is I always verify the MLS uh, square footage with the tax roll square footage because a lot of realtors play around with the square footage. It's not always. I'll have to look at that. Because I think, I think somehow it got into the tax rolls as that square footage. You got it. I mean, appraisers are going to use what's in the tax rolls. In the tax rolls. I'm going to go look at the tax rolls. Okay. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Right. And like sometimes like, uh, you know, like uh, I'll do a house that has a, a permitted, a legally permitted guest house. Mm-hmm. Um, but on MLS, the realtor will put it all in as one, you know. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's a 2,500 square foot house, you know, and I pull all my comps, or, or I don't, I actually, I look now before I go. And like the main house is 2,000 square feet and the guest house is 500 square feet. So I'm gonna pull, my comps are gonna be based on that 2,000 square feet and I'm gonna find something else with a guest house and they're separated out. They're not all lumped in. Mm-hmm. So the MLS square footage is often incorrect in a lot of cases. Got it. I'll have to do my homework on uh, on the one home. That's, I, is there ever a time when it happened so long ago that it wouldn't have been under, I mean, is there ever, how long have permits been a requirement for those kind of, do you, you know what I'm saying? Like if it, right. it was made pre- like, the requirement for that permit would yeah. matter. Well, I mean, all, all that really matters to me now is what it is now, when I, the day that I'm there, you know? Okay. If, if it's permitted or not permitted, I'm going to say, say what I find because it's all about covering my rear end, right? Yep. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too worried about this one, but okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you more about it later. Um, Tell me a little bit about the difference of, um, I don't know, every appraisal is different. So every appraiser is oh, yeah. different. Oh, yeah. So if I don't like your appraiser, mm-hmm. appraisal, and I order one and they do come up with that, like how how often does that happen and how far off are those numbers usually? Or do they usually come in around the same number? I, t- I just tell everybody it's a crapshoot. You know, you really don't know. There's really like you just kind of just say a prayer and hope, you know. Um, Another thing I want to say here that's really important is that realtors are allowed to give comps to appraisers. I know there's always like this back and forth, you know, like, you know, it's illegal to do that. And it's it's not illegal. Um, Appraisers love it when, or at least speaking for myself, a lot of appraisers I know, like love it when a realtor has really done their research and you hand me the comps and you have all the little stories like, oh, this one sold low because of whatever. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, some appraisers might like not even look at it, but some of us will look at it and um, it, it is not illegal to do that. You are just not allowed to put pressure on the appraiser. Like, you know, use these or else, you know, or um, I have like an appraiser friend right now that that got a job and she was trying to call the house and the realtor wasn't going to let her come to the house until she promised she would hit the value for him. (laughs) And she's like, no, walking away from that one. You know, like it, it happens, you know, it happens. So, well, I, that's good to know that you can provide that value because 
you know, we've done, you know, for good, we've done some research on mm -hmm. it and we've, we've looked at, I remember one comp I was looking up and I would try to, and I remember finding it, it was, it was a specific comp for a certain amount of numbers and I know it would help my comp. Mm -hmm. And, but other realtors couldn't find it. They're like, where is it? Where is it? You know? And I'm like, well, and I, I had to go research it again because in my normal things, it wouldn't pull up again. It like disappeared on me. That happened. And so Oops. I finally found it. And I that think it's because I found it under, it was, it like came in under a different category. Yeah. So yeah. RPR pulled my comps. I could find it under RPR, but I could not find it under, you know, under my MLS. So I'm thinking maybe it was sold by owner or something like that. Okay. You know, and that comp actually helped me. So I'm like, oh, here's the address. And this is actually the closest probably than anything else. You know, so I've got this one that's a little higher, one a little lower. But okay. the one that's lower is actually a closer match to, to the one that's here. But okay. this higher one kind of represents the current market and where we are. Okay. Okay. So, so is that a townhouse? But Are you talking about so a townhouse? So this is a, no, so this is, this would be a duplex. Of the duplex. This would be a duplex. So uh -huh. I, found okay. a, I found a comp for, go ahead. Okay. So some people will put duplexes as single families. Don't ask me why. Sometimes a duplex is two, fingle, two single families put together. Um, the categories of how you search for things could be the reason why, like a, a townhouse is, a townhouse could be a single family, it can be a villa, or it can be a condo. It could be all okay. three of those things. So yeah, if you're doing okay. an MLS search, I just draw a circle around it, cause, and I don't look for condo, townhouse, or villa, because each realtor is going to call it something exclude. different. And that's the other problem is with the yeah. duplexes. I actually inserted it both in as residential and as a residential income. Because in both. But it's really, I know, see a lot of realtors do that, it really messes us up. But we, we end up finding is it, because, it. Oh, because it's like a double? Yeah. Okay. And it's, it, it is income, residential income is mm -hmm. the right way, unless it is two single families, you know, the legal description. The challenge is you have, so in Matrix, you can have, I'm sure the same thing with Flex is you can have alerts every time because people, there's a lot of realtors out there who are realtors for investors and they have alerts on anything that comes up as a duplex. So mm. if they're on one search and not on the other, then they're not gonna get uh, notified of that. Oh, okay, I did so, not know that. Yeah, so we want to make sure that it's in residential income and residential. Oh, that well, way now, see now, and now I did not know that. I was like, yeah. why are realtors doing that? That's now one reason, because there's, there's some investor realtors who probably only have that notification just okay. for investments. Okay. But then you have kind of, and, I was really targeting with this particular one, not really investors, I was really targeting that family who wanted to live in one side, rent out the other, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I knew that an investor's oh, gonna lowball me all day long. Yeah. And so being able to do that gave me a little bit higher. So that's, with the duplex, that's sort of what I had. I had, I had this one that, let's just pull a number out and say it was, it sold for 350, but, now here's the thing that I don't know if it matters, but it had a nicer landscape, it was in better condition. Overall, it was just a better property. And it had two garages. So that, that was a big one. And I don't know okay. what kind of value adds to those. Probably a chunk, yeah. It depends, I'd have to look at the yeah, comps. Yeah. Okay. So that was the best, most recent that I had found. Okay. You can't find duplexes. Okay. Even like even I, I even went up to I stretched my like 
time and place, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. still hard. Yeah. Um, but then there was one that sold a little less than a year ago for 300 that's very, very close to, to what mine was. Okay. And But you couldn't find it on the MLS, so all these other realtors are looking, and they can't yeah. find it. And, you know, it's like, well, where'd you find that? Where'd you find that? I'm like, well, so I had to go look for it, and I found, like, here it is. A lot of stuff is hidden like that, yeah. Yeah. And then but you like, have I'll, a random one that, yeah. you know, an investor probably, they already had a deal on it before it even went to market, I think. Yeah. So that happens too. And that's why it's important to look at tax rolls, you know, because like not everything is on MLS. You know, the tax rolls will have all your, like subdivision. I go to the subdivision name and then I, I look in that subdivision, mm-hmm. you know, like what is sold in here without MLS. And a lot and of I'll times. And I'll keep that in mind because that's a good, I need to look at. I need to look at the tax rolls too to make sure that if I don't have a lot of comps, especially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to see what what was sold, because a lot of stuff is selling without it going on MLS. People know they can get it. Like a little, do you know Zeus Park in Hope Sound? Mm-hmm. I mean, like <laughs> nothing goes to MLS there. It's like all who knows who. It's all people just talking. Really, you're not going to see it on MLS, but that. you go into the tax rolls, you'll be like, oh yeah, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Interesting. Do you think that they undervalue their properties? Oh, or do you think they're pretty no. Good? I mean, Zeus is its own animal, you know. I think I I might just stop doing appraisals in there for now because my appraisals aren't going to be, you know. I can, it's only, you know, like they're just getting su- such high prices in there that an appraisal is really almost worthless at this point, you know. It's such a desirable small place to live. And, Interesting. You know, I mean, I, I like it. I don't love it, but it's... I mean, I've it's been to cool. Zeus Park a, a few times, but um, just driving by, like probably a number of times, because um, I, li- I used to live up in Hope Sound, so I'm familiar. But well, thank you so much for All coming. Right. I, I've learned a lot about appraising, and I Good. I feel like it really helps me with the value, understanding what's important to an appraiser in the process, and knowing that you know it really comes down to the bank and protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. So. I, that helps me balance out because of, of what, you know, do I ask for market? Right. Do I ask for what the appraisal bank will do? Or, you know, maybe it's somewhere in between. That's kind of what I feel, you know, because you got to go, you got to get the most for your, your seller. So. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Dana. I appreciate All right. it. Come, All right, Dana. Nice to meet again. you. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you're going to go far in this business. You're going to do well, I can tell. You. you have a good energy. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for joining me this week on Be My Mentor, a real estate podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, if you have any questions for me about real estate, send me a message over on Instagram or Facebook at brandon.myrealtor. Thanks so much. Until next time.